Welcome back to Harmonize Your Life Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast with your host, Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. We are yet in the month of November and um, we are rapidly heading toward the holiday season. Thanksgiving is upon us, Christmas, New Year's, um, and it brings with it joys, uh, its own set of joy, but also its own set of sorrow. Uh, particularly for those of us who are grieving through the holiday season, those of us who are yet entering into grief journeys or those who are uh, who have been on the journey for a long time. Um, and so today our conversation partner is no stranger to us. Um, we're going to be back in just a moment with Dr. Sarah Williams. You may remember her from last year. On the podcast, she came in and shared with us on last year about grief, and um, we had a podcast talk back with with Dr. Sarah Williams and Yolanda Johnson last year, right before Christmas. And so, I just love Dr. Sarah and the um, wealth of knowledge that she brings to this subject, and her own personal experience and story that she shares. Um, she is so open and honest about her own grief journey. And I know that our conversation today will be a blessing to all those who are watching us on YouTube and listening to us on Anchor or wherever you're listening to your podcast today. Be right back with another intriguing podcast conversation. Well, Dr. Sarah. Hello, once again. <laughs> I am always, always happy to see you, Soror. Oh, yes, always. I can't believe it's been a year. Can it's you just, believe that? I don't. And a whole lot has happened in that year. Ooh, I know. When I got the invitation from you, I was like, a, it was a year ago. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. An oh. entire year. Yes. But we started um, having these conversations on the podcast. And um, so I'm grateful that you were available because I know how busy you are. <laughs> That's okay, Dr. Tony. You always, always have a priority <laughs> ticket with me. Well, I appreciate that, sis. I do. I do. Listen, you all, for those of you who do not know Dr. Sarah Williams, let me just introduce her to you briefly. Um, just share a few things about her, and then I'm sure our, our conversation will let you know even more about this great woman of God and her wealth of knowledge, her wealth of experience and knowledge that she brings to this conversation. So Dr. Sarah Williams is the owner of Covenant Way Counseling uh, or Covenant Way Wellness Center, Counseling Center in Chesapeake, Virginia. Uh, she is a mother. She is a widow and a person that overcame significant life trauma. Um, the motivation for her profession, she says, is to help others overcome. As a licensed and board certified therapist, she specializes in grief, stress, and trauma. Um, she likes to help clients identify and achieve their personal goals by coping with the issues that are causing them emotional pain, anxiety, and stress 
As the owner of Covenant Way Wellness, she takes great pride in the progress and success of her clients, and she looks forward to helping them as well. So you can find her at Covenant Way uh, Counseling Center, Covenant Way Wellness there in Chesapeake, and later on we'll put up the banners and sh share with you her website and where you can find her on social media and the like. But thank you again. Welcome again, Dr. Sarah. Thank you so much again for the invitation. Thank you. So, you know, um, as we said, it's been a year now since we started having these conversations about grief. Um, and not that people grieve um, that the holidays are the only time that people grieve. So I don't want to set that uh, precedent up that that's the only time we can have these conversations, but it seems that the holidays bring a different kind of grief or maybe even a different level yes. of grief in the lives of those of us who are experiencing grief. Absolutely. It again goes back to that hallmark definition of the way life is supposed to be and what our reality is. Yeah. And when there's this this distance, this long distance between what we see and what we perceive we should be. And then we wake up and it's that empty part of the bed and it's that empty chair at the dinner table and it's that phone call that you normally get and you're putting up the Christmas tree, but that other voice that you're used to hearing is not there. And um, oh, the meals and the cooking. And you realize that you're not gonna get that favorite um, pumpkin pie or dessert that you mm -hmm. want to have. You're right down my street already. You yep. have, you have, we're not six minutes in and you have told my yep. whole grief journey right there. All of it. Yes, absolutely. And that is why. And if it's anything that I have been trying to preach and teach and instill is that let go of these visions, let go of these fairy tales that we read about. Remember when we were younger and we were waiting on Prince Charming to show up on a, mm -hmm. a white horse and then we were mm -hmm. going to ride off in the sunset and everything would be perfect? Mm -hmm. You got into that first year of marriage and he snores and leaves the toilet seat up and does all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, Mr. Alvaretto, but I'm just telling you like it is. Okay, because I had one too that did the same thing. He was my Prince Charming. Then I, I was like, wait a minute, you don't know how to cook? You did all that cooking when we were dating. He said, I knew how to do one thing. <laughs> so he cooked that one meal when you came up with it. He cooked that one thing. And he was like, I was like, girl, he cooked for me. He's in there making salmon grub cake. She was like, girl, you better marry him. I got you know how to make nothing but those salmon <laughs> I said, okay, he got me. So, okay. it, and it's, and it's, um, you know, humorous that we would put it that way, but grief mm -hmm. is the same way. When we live through the holidays and we experience the holidays, the first thing we do is we get a picture in our mind of where it's supposed to be. Mm. I want the decorations like this. I want, mm -hmm. I want us to all wear green or red. Um, I want us to sit at the table. I want us to mm -hmm. all to pray. And it, it, we have this orchestrated idea. And guess what? You get relieved of some of those grief symptoms when you decide to start letting go of those expectations mm. and just experience it. Hey, what are y'all going to do? I don't know. We may be in town. Maybe not. Depends on how we feel. What's on the menu? We might have 
turkey. We might have seafood. We might order from some restaurant. I don't know however we feel when you are trying to recover from grief. Wow. Wow. Recovery when you're in the hospital and you're getting surgery. Nobody expects you to do as much as when you were pre-surgery. Mm -hmm. So when you are grieving, you're in that recovery zone um, and there's no timeline for that. How, however you feel the first year or two, we didn't feel like the holidays. We didn't even really recognize the holidays. We're Christians. And of course it is about the birth of our Lord and savior, but we didn't get into the fanfare of it. You didn't get into the, um, the consumerism, the capitalistic, um, definition of, of Christmas and Thanksgiving. That is correct. That is correct. We, we weren't in the United States one year. Another year we were in Disney World. Another, and, and my children refused to exchange, exchange gifts. They said even that was uh, a trigger for them to exchange okay. gifts. Okay. Um, something about not going Christmas shopping for the loved ones that they had lost. My mother and their father, they didn't, and or receiving gifts from them. It just, um, <clears throat> they they were very adamant about that. With the the gift thing is a trigger for them. Okay, okay. Now, um, just for our audience' sake, for those who who are just hearing you for the first time, just kind of um, let everybody know the persons that you're referring to in terms of your loss. Your mother, I heard you say your mother and your husband. Yes. And when we talked last year, you were letting us know that both of them passed away very close to each other. Yes, uh, both from cancer, uh, just a little over two years apart. Um, I was living in Virginia and I got the word that my mother was not doing well. But at that time, we did not know what was wrong. But instinctively, something spoke to me and said, you, you need to go there. Mm -hmm. And it was literally the middle of the school year. And I turned to my husband and I said, I, I don't know, but I feel this pull and I think I need to go. And he was supportive and I moved there and I stayed with her. And after a few months, they discovered the cancer was terminal. They discovered cancer at the same time that they discovered it was terminal. Mm -hmm. And um, she fought, but only for a few months. Um, and then she transitioned. And she transitioned uh, right around the holidays. It was probably, you know, just a little right before Christmas mm -hmm. um, when she passed away. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we were definitely thrown off balance. My children and my mother were very close. She adored them. They adored her. Um, she was the mother. And I was just kind of the substitute. They actually had a favorite her. Over having me because I had rules and you know she just of course something happens to them when they become grandparents you know yeah eat and stay up late yeah, the stuff they didn't let us do they let them do yes they know she they they're telling me everything now all the clandestine stuff that they used to do right under my nose <laughs> all kind of stuff and um even foods they've tried I'm like you had you never had she's like, oh yeah grandma. <laughs> Grandma's took us there. <laughs> we already went there. We tried that. I'm like, oh, wow. So it was definitely a devastating blow for us. And the children were young. Um, they were uh, third graders going into fourth grade. Mm -hmm. um, so we... we You're twins, right? Yes, they're twins. Mm -hmm. 
And um, it was really hard. Um, the, how I reconciled the loss was my mother was older. She had lived a good life. She had six children. Mm-hmm. She had also taken care of her grandchildren, mm-hmm. including mine. And I, I was able to have some peace over it. Okay. And uh, we got back to Virginia and I tried to establish normalcy. I went back to work. The children started school and uh, you know how you just start flowing through life. You miss that person, but you just start flowing. Yeah. And I got a call. I actually, I remember it was a Friday afternoon at about three 30 in the afternoon. And my husband called me from work and he said he had some labs done and they came back that he had cancer and it was a very serious cancer. Uh, so I was just like, not again. Immediately I said, not again. That was, those were my words. And, but I'm, I'm like, let's step into this. Let's go get all the testing. You're healthy. You eat your vegetables. You're young. Um, let's go find out what the treatments were. And he tried several different treatments. He fought and fought and fought. Um, several different chemos it weakened his system um we went from john hopkins to duke to everywhere uh, to save him and they all told us the same thing that the treatments are just giving him more time which is extending the suffering and um i was very adamant about him not going into hospice i i felt like for me hospice was like giving up okay and after a certain point, he said, you know, I really need to, you need the support. So mm-hmm. we decided on hospice. And then I said, okay, I'll allow hospice, but you can't go into the VA hospice center. You need to be home. Mm-hmm. And um, he went ahead and went against my will at one point. And he said, I don't want to be here. And something happened to me and the children find me. And oh. that's when... I said, I, okay, I understand. And it was just a few weeks that he was in hospice. Um, ironically, this Thursday will mark the year of his transition. So this week has been, um, it's been hard. Every, every year, Veterans Day is hard. And I remember the conversation that we had. It was one of the last conversations and I was there Um and he always was flirting with me, even when he shouldn't. <laughs> and I came in the room and, you know, he said, you look pretty. And I said, thank you, but you need to rest, Mr. Tolliver. You know, I said, you know, you need to rest. And um, and I talked to him and he and I said, you know, you got to hang on because tomorrow's Veterans Day. And, you know, we always on Veterans Day, we either go out to eat, we do stuff, you know, and I'll be here and I got all this stuff planned. And of course, you know, he said, OK. And and he made it through Veterans Day, and in the morning of the twelfth is when he he passed away. So he he honored me even till the end. Oh wow! That and yeah, and that's a beautiful part of of him and our relationship. Um, I think about the funny stories and things and the moments that we had, and I try to rely on that. But that's pretty much my life journey with that part of the grief. Of course, I have lost others. Mm-hmm. I have lost people I love dearly since then. Um, and, you know, since the last podcast, I lost a very close friend suddenly. She passed away in her sleep. Oh, wow. And it was really hard. Yeah, because she actually helped me 
get out of the house and kind of get motivated after oh. my loss. So wow. Yeah, I yeah, it was it was pretty mm -hmm. distressing. But if it, if it's anything, I know I've experienced grief. I know how to grieve. I study grief and mm -hmm. I help others with their grief. Well, let me just tell you this, Dr. Sarah. Um, you have helped me. Um, of course, when we met, my my mother was um um uh, when my my mother was battling cancer at the time when we met, and particularly last year when you came on the podcast, we we were in that caregiver space with mom. Um and just our conversations on and off the podcast have really helped me through my grief journey, watching you, hearing your story, watching you, and then the things that you've shared, the wisdom and the, um, the nuggets that you have given. I've been quoting you all over the country and I give you credit. <laughs> that's why my ears been ringing. Yes, I give you credit. Because that's what scholars do, right? We give folks credit. When you that's get right. somebody, you, you tell Bless them you that. Right? <laughs> I just see my stuff show up places, but they don't give me credit. You know, give, give, give credit. The Bible said give honor to whom honor is due, right? Thank you. But, um, but I often um, um, be, um, quote you in saying, you said to us in the podcast last year, in our podcast conversation, you said... Um, that you felt like um, you felt like you said to us that grief actually starts the moment that we're confronted with the loss. Yes. And so that that really helped me because it helped me understand that I was grieving my mother's loss before she actually transitioned. Yes. So when when um, when I found out that she you know, had cancer and out on top of all her other health issues. Um, and then as we began to really, really see her decline and when her cancer reoccurred in January of this year, you know, it was like, wow, it's in your face. And so, um, so you talked to us about that being confronted with grief and how it really starts. We start grieving even before our loved one leaves, we start yes. grieving. And so, can you talk to us a little bit more about those stages of grief? Yes. Um, what I what I wanted to say on that point, and I'm moving to the stages, is that what's happening is most of the time we associate grief with death, and what and grief can be associated with a loss or a change of any kind. It is basically your your recognition that life is different now. It's not going to be the same it's going to require you to adjust. Mm -hmm. And clinically, we refer, we refer to that as an adjustment disorder. When there's a life transition and it causes us to have some, some form of distress about it, then that adjustment period, that, that, what, that, those experiences that we have that require us to develop homeostasis to get back in a good place, we don't just do that. We're not machines. Wow. Wow, wow. Every, every, everything, our, not just our emotions, every cell in our body is responding to that. It is a physiological transition as well. And so that, you know, that, that, that confirms something that my grief therapist said to me 
um, my grief therapist um, that I, who I'm seeing right now, um, she said to me, she said, um, there are many losses along the way. Yes. So it, it's not just when they transition, that ultimate transition, that final moment where they take their last breath, but the loss of her mobility, the loss of, like you said, the things that she used to be able to do that we can't do anymore. Like we, life is different, forever changed. Uh, when our lives are altered by a major illness or maybe a breakup, a divorce, or um, a, a job that all of a sudden you you get laid off or, you know what I'm saying? After you've given 10, 20 years to something, all of a sudden it's gone. It's that's, the, yeah, life is different. So I like the way you put that. So it's, it's the, and, and then the adjustments, talk to us about that. The adjustments yeah. we have to make. Yes. What kind of adjustments do we do we need to make in internally or mentally, emotionally? Well, it's a process that's occurring whether we are in agreement with it or not. Mm. Oh um, my god. That, that is just <laughs> that is just the ebb and flow of life. Whether, whether we, we want it or not. It's a process. Whether we whether we agree with it or not, it's it's occurring. Whether we agree with it or not, whether we agree with it or not. Wow! And also, as as believers, because see, I'll give you an example. I was I was so distraught that I lost my mom because I had lost my dad, and I was really close to my dad. I love I was a daddy's girl, and I lost my dad suddenly. He had a heart attack, and I and I was clinging to my mother because. I needed her to fulfill both of those spaces for me. And when I lost her, I was just like an infant. I felt like I was an orphan, like I was this vulnerable person that wasn't strong, that wasn't in. And I just kind of was like, I can't do this without my mother. And yeah, you can. Mm. you're 40 years old. You can mother your kids without your mother. You wow. literally can do that. And evidence of that and my strength started showing up in ways that I didn't even recognize. Oh, How am I doing this? I went back to work. The kids are putting their own shoes on now. They're getting dressed. They're not arguing every morning. We are, we have a rhythm of life. Okay. And you just wake up one day and you have it. You still feel sad, but it's not that infantile stage of, we can refer to child development. We can say, okay. you know how we're infants and we wear diapers and get potty trained and we walk and then uh -huh, we uh -huh, uh -huh. It's the same thing with the grieving transition of how, and that adjustment of how we adjust to what we need to do. Okay. Our very survival depends on it. Wow, wow. And, and you said something I, that I don't want to gloss over. You said, and my strength showed up in ways that I didn't even know that I had it. Correct. Because I was relying upon the Sarah that existed, that was the youngest oh, kid, that was dependent on my mother, that oh. needed to call my mom and get advice for everything, every business oh. decision I needed to have her in the middle of it. Oh, Lord, this is um, so good. 
what am I going to say? I need someone to go to the doctor with me because, you know, I have twins and, and kind of help me with the kids at the doctor. And then I have health issues. I have chronic health issues. And so my mother used to be a caregiver to me a lot. And a lot of people don't know that. So I was like, how am I going to do this? Because their father still needs to work. He still mm -hmm. needs to Mm -hmm. Not be home. I mean, he. Mm -hmm. I had the luxury of being home because he worked. I was very fortunate. So I, I woke up one day, and it was happening. I mean, I literally was doing what I needed to do, and the resources were brought to me by the Holy Spirit and by the move of God. Those areas that I needed replacement happened relationships develop. I ran into people that I didn't know that they would have had anything to offer me. I had wonderful people that just showed up and loved on my children and were like surrogate grandmothers. Yeah. Yeah. In the natural realm doesn't make sense. It was a spiritual thing. So God made up the difference. Always. <laughs> Always. There's never any half empty, half full with God, ever. <laughs> Always overflowing. Girl, I love it. I now, love if we it. Pick, now, if we're picking the right jug, <laughs> that's on us. Okay. The fulfillment that we need in life is there. And so when I think about how dependent I had a dependency on my late husband for things also. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I was a disciplinarian, but it was really nice to be the fun parent <laughs> and kind of let him wait for the get home because I'm gonna call your dad. You know? <laughs> it was it it was great. Not and I and I had to think, wow, I didn't want to go to that next level as a widow because I wanted to have that that soft place to land that didn't require me to have that strength even even though I knew it was there because yeah. I saw my mom do it. My father passed away when I was probably about 18 and my mom was running a business and had custody of her grandchild. There was a lot going on. So I saw her do it. I knew it was possible. But for me my first reaction when I when I got the call about his passing was what am I what am I gonna do? Like mm -hmm. literally like mm -hmm. all these things that need to be done because he was filling in some gaps too because yeah. I was yeah. still grieving over my mother. So he mm -hmm. was yeah. doing yeah. some things. That's um, real. Yeah. And so when he got sick, well, we can kind of go into the stages a little bit now, is that First, that was the denial. You know how I mentioned like, oh, no, wait a minute. No, no, no. You're young. You eat right. Mm -hmm. oh, you know, this is not happening to us. My response of, oh, no, not again. That's the denial. This can't be happening. Okay. Not, not me, not now. Why me kind of response. Okay. And then a lot of people, especially widows, and I've, and I've lectured on this is, you feel angry. You get angry. It's and it's uncomfortable to admit that. Like for instance, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you may not be angry in a sense where someone cuts you off on the highway and you 
or someone bumps your car. So it's not that kind of anger. It's an emotional discomfort that's distressing. And you don't know where those emotions are coming from. You don't know where they're supposed to go. And do, and do you ever see widows maybe misplace that anger somewhere? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, that is that is coming out soon. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lecture on that some more. But okay. I will share this much with you. That yes, as a widows, I'm guilty of it. Um, displacing that anger. Basically, mm-hmm. grief can show up in a lot of different ways. Like some people get depressed, they isolate, mm-hmm. uh, they become more codependent, they're weakened, um, their self-esteem is compromised, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you see this fierce, angry person that's irritable and that appears to hate everybody that that looks for fights and disagreements um in a work relationship it may be very hard to have any kind of teamwork with this person this is what's going on grief makes you vulnerable and in that vulnerability you lost something that you loved so much it hurt it just it's painful right Mm -hmm. so you decide as a widow or a grieving person in general i'm not gonna hurt like that ever again okay so you get on a protective mode a protective very defensive you say and i and i noticed that i've been in uh several widows groups some of them i'm not in anymore big and i would see the the post and how some of the ladies would just really attack one another over nothing because they were probably having one of those days. They just, it was overload. The emotions are overloaded. And yes, the anger, it comes out. And in other ways, when we have a loved one, we, we say things like they should have eaten right. Or how could they leave me, leave me with all these bills or leave me as a single parent. I'm a young woman. How did you just get to leave? Okay. It's, 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 I say it. See, I'm transparent. People think it. I say it. Okay. okay. How did you? How did you leave me in this situation? Or you think of things that maybe bothered you that was um, potentially hurtful because it's unresolved hurts, unresolved issues, mm. unresolved things, unresolved. Um, communication difficulties that occurred and because it's unresolved you didn't you felt like they should have apologized to me before they left or something Mm -hmm. and and all that balls up and it makes anger and that's part of one of the stages as well is you just don't know where the emotions need to go okay okay so denial then anger bargaining did you bargain with God along the way, especially when you knew the person was going. Mm-hmm. You pray and you mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. you know, God, if you heal this person, mm-hmm. I will mm-hmm. turn my life around. Mm-hmm. I have been tied in the way I was supposed mm-hmm. to. Um, you know, I was sleeping in church. Um, <laughs> I'm still buying too many shoes. I'm going to never buy another pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. Start really, you know, I promise if this person gets better, just let them live. Um, I'll never fight with them again. I'll never feel angry with them again. 
I'll, I will never just let them stay. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just like what it is. It's a, a develops from helplessness because all of us wants to have some sense of control over our life. Yeah. Yeah. When yes. you don't have that, then you start coming up with innovative ways to get control. It's called manipulation. You know, God can't be manipulated. Mm. We can try. And he laughs because it doesn't work. So with the bargaining, we are trying to come back and find a a level of balance and control Mm -hmm. over what we're losing. Mm -hmm. And and you want to avoid that pain. Okay. At all cost. I'll give it all away. I I will mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. individuals that I've I've heard stories on both sides. I've heard um one lady was telling me how her sister was being overly nice to their mom, and she thought that something was gonna happen to their mom. And it turned out that the sister passed away. Oh wow. And yeah, and then you see the other side of it where um, the the person may know they're passing away and they start buying all these gifts for people and things they really can't afford. Wow, wow. The yeah. Okay. And then what we all can relate to is the depression that goes along with grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, Turning, closing into a ball, turning the lights out, closing the door, not wanting to interface, just feeling really lost, compromised, um, not eating well, um, definitely not getting exercise, not socializing, just all those things that speak of grief. Mm-hmm. And it is depression. And at that point, the next phase would be acceptance. But if you veer off into the different road, then that becomes a complicated grief. Because mm-hmm. the depression becomes major depression as a re- result yeah. of unresolved grief. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the unresolved grief becomes complicated because there are factors that contribute to that. If you already had a mental health diagnosis occurring, then it's likely the grief will become complicated. You'll be depressed. Okay. Death was like violent or un- unexpected. Um, there was a um, maternal loss. Okay. COVID nineteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would probably get away with saying that anyone that has experienced a loss of a loved one due to COVID is likely in complicated grief because yeah. there's so many factors that go along with that. Yeah. It's mystery. You're angry. Um, there's no time really to plan. This person could have been young, could have been a child, could have been is yeah. right. Um, there are a lot of political reasons, right? And the whole environment around it, the whole, the whole environment arguments behind it, the maskers right. versus the non-maskers, the vaccines versus the exactly the, in your it's in your face. So, how do they move on? How do you move on every time mm-hmm. you look at someone that you feel that are from a certain demographic that mm-hmm. you brought this here, you mm-hmm. did this to us. It's just a lot of like um, all Bad. these things and emotions and things. Mm-hmm. And so I would probably get away. I don't have any data to support that, but anyone that has any experience with COVID-19 knows that 
Now, I, I am a COVID-19 long haul survivor. So I have COVID-19 long haul. So I got COVID and then my life took a alternate road and I'm not the same. I had COVID in January. I still have problems. So I'm grieving what I used to be able to do. I'm grieving Mm -hmm. how, how it's taken my life the way I had designed it. And I did all this work to get over this grief. And then I got COVID in the entire time that I was sick. I could just think about how my children would be so lost if something happened to me. Mm-hmm. And it was the stubbornness got me through it also. But the fact that I'm in rehab and nobody understands the dynamics of how this disease works because everything else that we have, there's a template, there's a treatment. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But with COVID, there's no explanation why you have memory fog, why you still have shortness of breath, why do you have depression, why do you have these un- headaches out of nowhere, why are you having dizzy spells, why all these folks are having all these multiple illnesses, and they were very healthy people before, so they veered off into this ramp. That's grief by that's grief comes with that, right? Okay, yeah, and the wow. depression is knocking, even if somehow you've escaped true feelings of depression that sadness and loss is overarching because you keep having to adjust to a new way of doing things like i had adjusted my life to work in a way as a small business owner and a parent and then i had to change things again to accommodate a new health condition wow wow see you're bringing a whole nother spin to this whole grief thing um setting it in the context of COVID and those who may be listening to this podcast who have had COVID and now dealing with the long-term effects of it or any disease dealing with the long-term effects of it, loss of mobility, loss of memory, uh, loss of things that we used to be able to do. We grieve those things. And so it's so important that we understand all the different ways grief comes into our lives what kind of help can we get? Because we talked about, you know, this whole thing is about making it through the holidays because we talked about earlier how in the holidays, um, uh, because we have this hallmark definition or of life that, you know, things should look a certain way and we should be happy and all this fun festivity stuff going on. Um, so what, kind of things can we do during the holidays to move us so we don't get stuck in grief or complicated grief or that we can move through the stages or move through the even the depression because I like for me sometimes the de- depressing film depressing feelings come mm-hmm. but they don't stay mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so how do how do we move through those things so that we don't get stuck? Uh, through the holidays or any other time of the year. Or any other time. Essentially, it's basically finding a way to be the most selfish that you've ever been in your life. Literally. (laughs) You have a past. Now, that doesn't mean just go out and be mean. (laughs) You can't do that. But what you can do is self-preservation. We call it self-care. Yeah, yeah. 
but it's really self-preservation is surviving. Yeah. So what is necessary? Do you need to be around people? Does that help? Okay, then find ways to be around people. I know it's COVID. Some of us are vaccinated. Some of us can socially distance and meet and still be safe. But find what works for you. What is your happy space? What brings you joy? What is it that something yeah. you needed to do or wanted to do, but you just didn't take the time? Now's the time. The holidays, we have a lot of downtime. We yeah. are able to pursue some interests that perhaps during the year we don't ordinarily do. Okay. Have a plan for how to handle your pitfalls. Like, what will I do for myself on those days I feel bad? Like, I have yeah. a client that I make like a like a self-care basket and um, there's like this little arts and crafting in it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. some essential oils, um, the relaxation music that they can just pop in and uh -huh. things that don't require a lot of effort because sometimes the depression and the sadness is so severe. Yeah. You don't have the energy to go chasing off and run to the gym or make plans. Or a vacation, right. right. So, so having that backup plan for those days where I'm not feeling. Correct. Okay. Okay. I right. love that idea. Right. Love that. And the self-care basket. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, I, um, that reminds me of, of a gift that I received from one of my uh, colleagues here. And she lost her mother. And when um, she, she shipped me like this box that had like a little warm blanket in it. And she know I like tea. So it had a cup, mm -hmm. tea cup with tea and then these little foot. Uh, fuzzy socks and so and it was called a comfort box a comfort box um another thing uh when my mother was ill um one of our members gave her this um uh care blanket and it has all these words on it like peace and joy and harmony and and it's a nice little warm blanket and my mother loved that blanket and not that she transitioned I brought that blanket home with me. And so a lot of times when I'm feeling kind of like I want to be near her, I wrap up in that blanket and I could just feel, you know, that's just one of the things that I do when I'm feeling kind of down or feeling mm -hmm. like I need to feel her presence. Um, so yeah, having those things that we can do. My, um, my grief counselor said to me this week, because he was talking about the holidays and what we're looking forward to, my mom made the best sweet potato pie. And I'm like, oh my God, who's going to make my sweet potato pies this year? And my grief counselor said to me uh, yesterday, I was in my session and she said, why don't you have, why don't you have a sweet potato um, pie contest? You and your sisters and see which one of you all can make sweet potato pie or the things that your mom made and see which one of you all can make the, uh, and have like a contest to see who can come closest to their, their pie tasting like your mom's pie. So I text my sisters this morning and I was like, hey, let's do this, this baking contest. You know, my mom made uh, uh, sweet potato pies and German chocolate cakes. So we're talking about doing that as, as the four of us and all of us having, a, you know, doing that. I'm going to make the pies. It'll be my first time. And my sister, my sister's making cake and we do a contest to see, you know, Whose pies of cake can taste as good as mom's? You know, probably won't none of them taste as good as mom's. But anyway, oh. but just having some type of way of honoring that tradition uh, with her. Yes. Um, that, that memory of her. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I yeah. have um, 
one of my mom's favorite chairs. And it just, it does a lot for me just to sometime come in and just sit in that chair and just prop down in that chair. And, and sometimes I just zone out. Sometimes I read. Um, sometimes, a lot of times after I cook like Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving, I go sit in that chair. And it, it's just kind of like a rites of passage, like that's what she used to do. So she's still here with me. We're still living. We're still moving on. That's the spirit cool. never goes away. She taught me some things and I'm learning so much about myself. So when we're trying to attempt to get through the holidays or get through the season, we're learning about ourselves and what we need. Because a lot of times if we're caught up in being a daughter or a caregiver or a wife or what have you, we don't pay attention to what or who we are as an individual. Yeah. So we're not just a daughter, we're not just a wife, we're not just a mother, we're not just a sister, brother, whatever, pastor. We are individuals and we should pay attention to what we need during these, these seasons. Dr. Sarah, oh, I could talk to you all day. I know you got to go and we're going we're gonna to wrap up here in just a minute. I do want to let people know uh, where they can find you. I want to let everybody know you're listening to Harmonize Your Life Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast with Dr. Tony Alvarado. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, The Light ATL, uh, uh, ATL Live, Internet Radio. You can also find us on YouTube, on my YouTube channel. If you're listening to us, Travel over to my YouTube channel, like and subscribe it, please, ma'am, please, sir. Um, it doesn't cost you anything to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We want you to do that so that um, more, um, the more people we have subscribed to our channel, the more content and information like this can come up readily in our search engines when we come on YouTube or Google and other search engines. Okay, so go to our YouTube channel, like and subscribe it. Um, so you can get notified whenever one of these podcast conversations are uploaded. We upload sessions every week. I also want you to know, women, you can join the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network so that you can connect with me and other women like Dr. Sarah, who, who, we, who we bring into our network to talk to us and teach us and uh, communicate with us and help us with strategies like this. Also, when you join the network, you get invited to special events that Dr. Tony offers through the network that are that only offered through the network. And so please, ma'am, come on and join up with us if we will do you good on your wellness and your self-care journey. I also want to um, just let you know um, where you can uh, you can go there to our website at drtonyalvarado.com and you can find out all things uh, about the self-care network and how you can get connected there as well. We are listening to Dr. Sarah Williams and um, she is the founder of Covenant Way Wellness uh, there in Chesapeake, uh, Virginia. So look her up. Her website here is covenantwaywellness.org, covenantwaywellness.org. You can reach out to her at info at covenantwaywellness. And you can also follow her on Instagram at drsarah.w at drsarah.w. 
Dr. Sarah, thank you so much for being with us today, helping us with this topic, um, grief journeys, making it through the holidays. Do you have any one last word of wisdom that you want to share with us today before you leave? We were not born with a cape. We do not need to be superheroes. Do whatever you can. Experience life as any human would. Nurture yourself. Take care of yourself. You will get through this. Trust me, you can. I did. Wow. Thank you so much, Dr. Sarah. Listen, y'all. Listen, these podcast conversations are really changing people's lives. I get notices every week. People are emailing me and texting me and saying how much they are a blessing. Get this podcast conversation. Share it with somebody that you know may be grieving whatever the loss may be. Share this information with them. Share Dr. Sarah's information with them. Listen, we we can grieve. All of us grieve. We can grieve healthily or we can grieve unhealthily. I've chosen to grieve healthily. And Dr. Sarah is one of those people and persons who's helped me in my grief journey. And I invite you to stay in the journey. Let's make it through these holidays together and come out on the other side together. Whole, prospering, spirit, soul, and body taking care of ourselves. Thank you, Dr. Sarah. Thank you. We'll see you all again next week. Hi, this is Dr. Tony Alvarado, and I want to personally invite you to join the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network. Join us for fitness motivation, health and wellness information, inspiration, self-care strategies, and ideas for creating harmony in your life. As a certified health and wellness coach, it is one of my greatest honors to support women in their fitness, health, wellness, and self-care goals. Join the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network, and we will do you good on your journey.